Mother, son of a... Oh, I'm sorry. Well, that is one of my longtime friends from college, Karina Rose Music. Um, Radio Hope, I don't know if you noticed this, but I've been featuring, I featured an artist last night. His name is Jamel Knight, NYT, and he's a, you know, African-American performer, and uh, he performs on the subways of New York City, and I met him there, and we had a whole hour-long discussion. So in this time, I'm really finding out that that sharing the creatives of new york is so much more mm. helpful than than just complaining about what we see on our tv yeah well like we started to talk about your you know before you officially went on air I, I, yesterday was kind of a it's kind of a bum day but what you're saying right now ties in well with what i need to be re refocusing on you know what is what is our calling in life, you know? And I well, think yours uh, with the music thing and music is so pot. Did you know that uh, Martin Luther said next to the word of God, music deserves the highest praise. Isn't that an amazing statement? That I love that. Is I love amazing. That. And you know, he, he, in that era, you had a lot of amazing hymnists that just put together all these songs. You had um, songs that came out of the civil rights movement that are still classics to this day by the way. Yeah. And not just the civil rights movement, but. And then beyond. All kinds the civil, of different things. Yeah, absolutely. So music is healing the soul. And on another note, music heals dementia. They say that when patients who have it um, start to get their memory back when they hear music. So it's, it's a powerful form. Very, 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 very. And another thing that's powerful is actually positive enforcement of the police, which we seem to have seen around the country last night, and I didn't hear much of rioting. I heard very little of that. I don't know if you heard anything, but it seems like there was a calmer night in America last night. Oh, I certainly hope so. It's, uh, it's yeah, I don't know. I think that was part of the downer yesterday a little bit, too. It's just, it I don't know. seems darkest before the dawn or something, or. You know I'm, gl- I'm glad there's dawn. I'm glad mm-hmm. there's morning and his mercies are new every day because I, I didn't know how today was going to go. I was I was thinking about I was done podcasting for a while. Wow. I You know, it's weird. I had that same kind of thing, but I was just like, well, what 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 can we do? And then I fired myself up. I said, you know what? We're not going to talk about actually how, you know, the Bible does talk about law enforcement, doesn't it? They say he has designated those who are called to protect on his behalf, on the country's behalf. It's kind of how it, it plays out in the Bible, doesn't it? Well, yeah, I think we're, I think we're supposed to, you know, respect the government. I think we need to come under, a, I mean, a rule of law is a good thing. You don't want to be driving 85 in a school district. No, you don't. So, uh, no. Yeah. But you're, the problem with that is you're, you're, you're restricting my freedom. Oh, please people. This is part of what's driving me nuts. It's the, thought process that people use to arrive at their conclusions it's like really wow well yeah i don't know it's just sometimes they post without thinking and i'm at fault of that sometimes but others are probably worse 
And that is part of what got me yesterday. And I, I'm realizing more and more I need to stay back from at least some social media sites. I just, there's some folks that are just there to, it's almost like they're starting a riot on Facebook. That's what it is. Just constant. They do. They want to. So, so yeah. And they want to sow that yeah. kind of hatred on there to continue. And then let's say someone who does protest or not protest, but someone who does riot uh, looks at that and says, Oh yeah, here's a reason why I should do this. And it's like, no, that's not the reason why you should do that. You know, I don't know. Yeah. It's uh, it's there's just things I'm realizing I need to I need to kind of just stay away from because I don't like days like yesterday. It was they're gonna happen. I mean, but I don't need to I don't need to go looking for them. Jeez. Well, and we had a pretty good discussion. So I guess after your podcast, everything kind of went downhill. Is that what happened? Um, yeah, I was in a funk. Oh. Yeah, I, I guess I would call it a funk. Yeah, and I think everybody's in that more more and more every day. But, you know, I think we can get out of it. I'm starting to feel like we can get out of all of this. Well, and that is why I it said earlier that I think I'm starting to realize what it is I'm, I'm to be about. You know, when I had Miles was on Sunday morning, and uh, it, one of the things that he said when I asked him about some political stuff, he said, you know, he's – He's called to preach the gospel. Um, he doesn't get involved in a lot of political stuff. And yet I feel uh, I, I feel shamed by some people if I'm not involved in political stuff. And I got to stop that, man. If that's not if that's not my calling, it's not my calling. Right. Right. Your calling is to talk about hope. And I don't think a lot of politicians offer that hope that maybe they think they do. They being the people that support. Y- yeah. And uh, I don't know, I, it, it's, it's being, I'm afraid I'm too concerned, although I say don't be that way, about what other people think, and then you feel a little pressure, and pressure from who? From another human being? I mean, <laughs> so? It is, um, no, I do too. I mean, I, I get messages, I got a couple messages in my inbox. Oh, you're not for Black Lives Matter. I am, I, when uh, I say... When I say everybody needs to be human, I include minorities. There's no ifs, ands, uh, or buts. But I will no longer. See, this is my compromise now. I will no uh, longer arrogantly assume that I am for the black community because that's kind of how I get the impression is that they want us to truly be with them and, and support their movement, I guess, is just how I see it. Well, how about just the movement of uh, of, of of humanity and respecting mm-hmm. again? See, this is exciting. We're having this conversation because I've said this more than once. The whole respect thing comes down to everybody has, been, and I'm going to get all Jesus, and I don't give a flying anymore. Go we're all created. It. In, we're all created in God's image. Uh-huh. It got messed up a long time ago, but that doesn't that doesn't change the fact that we're all created in God's image. Now, if I take that incredible image and it got all messed up and I decide I'm going to be, I don't know, uh, whatever, that's not something that you would probably want to lift up and say, world, this is what we should be like. That's a different story. But what, what am I, what, (laughs) it's like, what am I doing with this life that I have? I don't know when it could be over. Right. So what am I going to do with it in the meantime? Well, that's why all these 
Radio oh. Hope, 9 a.m. Eastern, by the way. But that's why these <laughs> podcasts are so important. Um, because I love how just, you do that. They can just lay it all on. We lay it all on the line or on the microphone, if you will, uh, for people to hear. So in the event something does happen, they're out there and people can revisit us. <laughs> and and I'm all. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, it's a good way to put that. What 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 am I leaving as a legacy? You know? My legacy. And, you know, I love that. You know, they were saying, um, what's more useful than Mayor Bill de Blasio? <laughs> oh, and no. I said my right leg. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, that's funny. And oh, that's funny. That's a sense of humor. I needed that. You know, I talk to my wife about you quite often and how you you uh, are somebody who just... Uh, we shall overcome. <sighs> we you shall. just overcome. You overcome adversity, and 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 I like to think I do, but yesterday not so much. It was I was like, he want a little cheese with your wine. Knock <laughs> it off, Myers. You're such a Myers. I will tell you another yeah. night of not watching anything on TV, and I was pretty um pretty relaxed when I woke up this morning. So there's a big. Part of that that I'm feeling good about just turning away from oh. everything again. Now I did watch a Tucker Carlson segment. It was about a half hour long, and it showed a lot of the crap that people are doing. And I get it, it. It was difficult to watch, and I thought, you know what? I think I'll post that on the uncensored Boone community page. And somebody had already done that. I checked it out this morning. It's a page I need to stay away from. There's a particular oh. person that really likes to make trouble. Go ahead. There was a huge thing in your state last night. Steve Steve King had lost yeah. the GOP primary. And yeah. I mean, I'm pretty happy. I don't know if you know the guy, but I'm kind of happy that he's out. Steve King pulled some. Oh, how do I crap? Pulled some crap at one of our caucuses four years ago. And he had said that it was announced officially that Ben Carson was backing out of the race, which was not true. And I was a big Carson. I even have a t-shirt with his name. I got to meet him and his wife. Beautiful people. Yeah. All right. Enough name dropping. Anyway. Yeah. So he's, yeah. He, uh, but, but, so that, and the fact that it's a primary means yeah. that GOP has a shot to win that seat again, just with someone else in it. And at the time I was so, hoping that others would be stripped of their seats if they were going to strip Steve King of what he was saying. Like, the Democrats also should be held accountable for what they said. Well, and and what's interesting is with what you just brought up, and I did, I checked that about 2, 3 o'clock this morning, um, and what was going on, I was like, oh, wow, interesting. And there, there are folks out, to, you know, of course, attacking uh, Joni Ernst and and uh, Kim Reynolds, people are out for this. Just anyway. So what, what am I saying? saying? Joni Ernst. I'm curious now. Um, isn't Joni Ernst the one that said something about castrating pigs or something? She really, I didn't. Know, she ran. I didn't know that. Was it Joni Ernst that did that? It was a pretty interesting ad campaign that <laughs> that she ran, if I remember right. It was. It was. It was effective. Um, but you know, politics. She had Politics. an incredible. She actually read that rebuke of Obama's State of the Union a couple of years ago, and she was pretty strong in it. That's kind of where I remember her from. 
Well, and here's the issue with what I'm doing right now. I am repeating things that I read about what a nasty person she is rather than what I think about Joni Ernst. I think she's a fantastic lady. I mean, that's where I'm coming from. And uh, well, and your your governor has sort of kept law and order in that state. And, and thank God for that. Yeah, absolutely. I She is. She's another one that's done a great job. But it comes down to this. It, it's like if they're a Democrat, they suck. If they're Republican, they don't. How about or vice versa or right. vice versa or whatever. Right. I am so sick of that mentality. I mean, there was a Republican that ran a, a number of years ago. I did everything to make sure that he didn't get into office. Good. He's, he still ended up. <laughs> he still ended up on Trump's team in Washington, D.C., somebody who I, I know quite well, and ended up uh, uh, quitting before he got canned because of some stuff he said about African-Americans uh, a number of years. Well, Steve Dace was in on this. Mm. You and I know Steve Dace. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And so this guy ended up stepping down before he got kicked out. And, uh, you know, a crook is a crook. Let's just leave it at that, okay? Thanks. And I am getting Back. a word that there was some looting last night again in Soho, so it still was out there. A looting street party. I mean, this is how oh. crazy it's getting. Um, but no, for Iowa to do that, you know, I have seen I have seen that state because I guess of the Democratic shambles that were happening in January and February. But I've seen that state become a little more bluer or not taking a, a rogue Republican's shit anymore. Who's that? Um, your state of Iowa seems to be not taking anybody's shit anymore with with stuff down there. Not I I yeah. There are people that are you know standing up. There is a, a something again for me. It's I what <laughs> I shouldn't have done that. That sounds really like I was making fun of. I'm making fun of myself. Oh Lord, help me. Anyway, I got I to gotta share this real quickly. This is sure. what happens. See, we get together. We, we could do it. We could do it 15 hours every day. That's another thing I'm starting to get excited about, focusing more on what I believe my calling is. So let me back up and say this very quickly, if I can. Somebody posted on Facebook, uh, you know, well, yeah, but they're, they're destroying people's personal property and stuff. And, and somebody said, well, it wasn't their personal property. It was stuff from businesses. And I'm thinking... That's that business owner's personal property until it's Correct. sold for crying out. You dim twit. You, when I think God made a mistake when he created you in his image. I think that's what I think. I think you're. Um, there is kind I'm of so, that. Yeah. Oh, oh and, then, and then. So where I think this whole thing really started was, yes, shoot the looters by Trump. That tweet. But <laughs> you know what they started to publicize more? The, the Friday morning after the third precinct in Minnesota was destroyed by fire. The mayor comes out and says, well, brick and mortar is less important than life. <sighs> and I think that was also a signal that they could just do whatever they wanted. I hate to say it, but I just, looking back at that, I feel like that was a driving force to this. Well, and think of that mentality. And, and unless it's your brick and mortar, hmm. unless it's your house, you know, that's where it gets really interesting. Uh, uh, it's okay to, it's okay to steal somebody else's bread unless it's your bread. Right. You know, the commandments, I, I'm not going to go there, but I could, it's the thou shalt not, never mind. I just, you have given me such inspiration. I woke up this morning. I go, oh, oh, so. And now 
I'm ready. You're fired up. I love it. Uh, hey, you, you know, just... I, I was also thinking of this. Um, I guess now we can see that walls work, right? <laughs> that walls work? Yes, because of all the looting. You know, we protect ourselves from the looting because of walls and windows and all that stuff. Well, and, and, and doesn't that isn't that just a great way to continue to to slam by saying, you know, Trump walls don't we what an it it's so I have to just get away from it because the 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 craziness of the thought process is so illogical that it doesn't help my mental health. I have to get away from it because right. it's it's really getting me depressed. It's like you really that's really how you think. Are you serious? And who wants to be around people that are just totally irrational in the way that they think about things? It's just, I can't do it. I'm going to Wilson's today because I want to be around normal people. Yeah, normal people who want to be <laughs> out and about. I, I'm i thinking about that. With people not social distancing in New York at these bars last week, and then with all this stuff going on with the riots, I feel like there's still no one normal outside yet yes the peaceful protesters are normal but mostly people are just um staying in their house those are the people that are just kind of abiding by what we have to do right now against corona so i don't know what's actually normal out there <laughs> and and actually staying in the house is probably it, it has probably protected my mental health mm. far more than my than my physical health but I'm at a point now where I got to get out. I got to get out, hang out with some folks, share some hope. Doesn't have to be all religious. I've got a thing going on right now with with Janelle about Christian concerts, kind of sorta, and 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 how they can sometimes maybe be a little. Yeah. I think we're just supposed to be out amongst people with the good news, not out trying to you know push Jesus down their throat. Just uh, sharing hope and love and. And if it comes down to God's word, which is Jesus, then that's what it comes down to. Uh, so absolutely. Hey, I'm going to let you go do the producing. I've got a guest in the waiting room, but Michael. Good. I love you, brother. And we will. Uh, you too. We will Thanks, no man. doubt talk to you soon. No doubt. See you, buddy. God bless, man. God bless. Have a great one. All right. Coming up in just a minute, we've got Joe Silverstein. He's of the Cornell Review um, in the waiting room for me. He'll be right out and uh, we'll be back on this edition of uh, the Alex Garrett Podcasting Production.
Well, welcome back, and uh, thanks for joining us right now. We've got uh, Joe Silverstein, Editor-in-Chief of the Cornell Review on the line. But first, thanks again, Mike Myers, for joining us today on Alex Garrett Podcasting. And there he is, needing really no introduction, Joe Silverstein. I brought you on because you're a millennial, and to be very honest with you, I just want to hear you rip it about what's going on in this country, because I know you got a lot of thoughts today, and thanks for joining Hey, thanks for having me on, Alex. The first thing I would say is that we need unity as a country. I see a lot of people trying to turn this into white versus black and trying to, you know, initiate class warfare. And what we need is unity. I think that most people in the country are good. And um, that's what we should work towards. That's the first thing. The second thing I have to say is I've seen over the last few days a total failure by the progressive mayors, by the Democratic governors, uh, to bring law and order to the cities. It's been nothing short of disgusting. Uh, this all went south when when they let the protesters go light a precinct on fire and burn it to the ground. Once that was televised on national TV, it enabled everybody. And don't think this doesn't have to do with the bail, uh, the bail reform. Don't think this doesn't have to do with the fact that they just let out all the violent criminals for COVID-19. So this is a total disgrace. What happened in New York City is totally ridiculous with de Blasio. The fact that he didn't back the police, the fact that his his genius of a daughter was out there getting arrested during the protests. So the real problem here is you have three elements to this. You have the peaceful protesters during the day. And then when it starts to get towards the evening, you have Antifa coming. And then on top of Antifa, the third group that you have are the violent criminals, the ones that are are the real, you know, released from jail that are really just breaking into these stores and beating the hell out of people, the violent criminals. Because the Antifa people, they're not tough. The Antifa people, you know, their arms are about two inches two inches uh you know big and it's not it's not too impressive but it's really something the nypd has to be allowed to do their jobs last night was much better i have to say but let me ask about that Um, let me ask you about that because finally they realized that deploying almost the entire force i guess was going to help the situation why wasn't that done earlier well, it should have been done earlier, but we have an incompetent leader, if you could call him a leader at all. Listen, if I were a mayor, the second I saw all these cops getting attacked, that would have been it for me. I saw two nights ago in the Bronx, the cop got attacked. Uh, a car flew into him. He got hit by a car going at uh, 40 miles an hour. The, the guy's body, he goes flying through the street. He almost died. Another incident, uh, I, th- I believe in the Bronx, they're holding a cop against the wall and punching him and beating him down. Why didn't the cop pull his weapon and shoot at the people who were beating the living hell out of him? They could have killed him. You, you know why he didn't? Because he didn't think the mayor had his back. He didn't think the police chief had his back. And enough is enough for this already. And the sad thing is we all agree, totally agree, that what happened to George Floyd is ridiculous, should have never happened, is a tragedy. But what does that have to do with the cop in Brooklyn? What right. does it have to do with the cop in the in the Bronx getting shot at? But Joe, I've got to ask you then, because you mentioned George Floyd. Did you take a look at his life story? It's actually one of rebounds. So he was in jail from 09 to 14, goes to Minneapolis to make a better life for himself. 
he made his life matter. And I just wish people would see that when he got out of jail, he wasn't out to destroy people. He was out to make his own life better. So I wish there was that kind of push to make everybody when whenever they're incarcerated. I don't care which, you know, skin color you are. I mean, if you're incarcerated afterwards, you should make a better life for yourself after. And I just think that narrative isn't being out there right now. Well, that is a beautiful part of the story, and I am aware of that, but I guess the media doesn't care about positivity and doesn't care about redemption stories. They only care about, uh, you know, looping videos of the few bad cops doing stupid things. So that's the real unfortunate thing about it. Um, but, yeah, no, he, he listen, he had a good story, and he had a good message to the youth, too. I don't know if you saw the video that emerged on social media, but he said, you know, the youth has clearly lost. The generation after us has a lot of problems. He made a whole video, an emotional video about it. And, um, you know, against the backdrop of everything that's been happening, it's really powerful to see. And, and is that being shared on social media? I don't really see it being shared out there. I'll tell you what's being shared on social media. I've seen... Uh, particularly among the white liberals, the college students in the suburbs that don't know the damage they're causing, they're posting the links to the bail funds for for what's going on. Just don't oh go donate to the bail, be a part of the cause. Do they understand that the people getting arrested? It's not going around arresting you know arresting protesters. The people getting arrested are getting arrested for a reason. There's people getting in the face of police. Uh, egging them on, egging on the minorities. You, you know something? It's totally inappropriate what I'm seeing. And a lot of it is the idiot white liberal contributing to it as usual. And no one appreciates them. So you know what? That is what it is. Well, and I've been getting videos of both sides of this, and it's kind of horrifying either way. But, I mean, there is a I, I want a study done, and Joe, maybe you agree with me. I want a study done on what initiated what, like who initiated these clashes first in a lot of these instances. Was it the protesters? Was it the cops? I mean, there's got to be a study of of actual numbers that we can really go off of, right? Well, I don't know. I'll tell you this, though. I saw bricks being thrown. I saw a video, for example. Mm. There's bricks being thrown at the police car. There's cones being thrown at the police car. People are hitting the windows. This is, meanwhile, when there's all types of cop cars burning and all types of cars uh, burning. I think they said 60 in New York City alone. And the cops who are surrounded by people that are all mobbing and throwing things at them, the cops don't drive through the crowd and run people over. But they drive forward a little bit. And you know what? There's the barricade there, and they violently push some of the people back that are throwing bricks. And everyone's sharing the video. Oh, look how horrible. Look at this. Excuse me. What are they supposed to do? Are they supposed to stand there and get a brick thrown at their head and die? It's ridiculous. If, if you throw a brick at a police officer, that's attempted murder. So yep. stand there peacefully and hold the sign. Don't throw. This isn't, this isn't a third world country. You don't have to throw bricks at police officers. Correct. New York doesn't That's even first- loot. New York does not loot. That's not the country I know, the city I know. But Joe. Yeah, and honestly, I don't even think looting is a strong enough term. People say the term looting. I think we should say robbing. You know, to mm-hmm. me, looting, I think of a teenager in a candy store, you know, stealing a pack of bubble gum. This isn't looting. This is destruction of property. And this is the erosion of the social fabric of the country. Because if we can't trust that the government is going to trust property, uh, what, what are they? What good are they if they can't trust, uh, if they can't protect property if they can't protect human lives there's there's business owners getting beat into death in the streets yeah. joe what is this you you are a millennial so how are you trying to change the narrative for 
people to, of our generation to understand it better than what they're saying right now? Well, I'm actually a Gen Z. I, I, <laughs> a little younger than a millennial. I'm right by that Gen Z, the, the ones that are uh, you know, coming up right underneath it. But, um, you know, listen, I mean, I guess I honestly, I don't know if it can be changed. I'm not optimistic after what I've seen on social media by my peers. I'm not optimistic of people that are blindly posting bailings, blindly supporting black lives matter movement. They don't even know what they're posting about. First of all, I'm all for the justice system. I'm all for justice system reform when it makes sense. I'm, you know, I believe in equality of opportunity for everyone. And it's important to establish that and to make steps towards that if we're not there already. That being said, though, the Black Lives Matter movement from their official pages actually advocates for defunding the police. That's that's an official policy suggestion of Black Lives Matter, not just the people uh, hashtagging or recommending, but that's on their pages. But no one looks into that. No one questions what the actual political organization is advocating for. They just want to appear woke for their peers. So they hashtag Black Lives Matter. And all these companies that are taking a stand saying hashtag Black Lives Matter, of course, Black Lives Matter. But all the companies that are saying hashtag Black Lives Matter, they're standing for defunding the police. Either they don't know or they know and they don't care and they agree with it because the social justice warriors have, uh, you know, uh, infiltrated the corporations to such a degree that's just total insanity. Uh, Joe, I've got to ask you this then. So you watched yesterday, the Blackout Tuesday, and even, you know, blacks were not that happy that that trend was happening because it was taking away from the real situation and the real dialogue. Would you agree? Well, I, I don't want to speak for, you know, for all African-Americans, but I will tell you from anecdotal experience, I've had a lot of African-American friends message me and say that they can't stand to see what's going on. And, you know, I'll also tell you that the reasonable conversations I've had about the subject of police brutality, and this is, uh, you know, two people coming from totally different perspectives and totally different walks of life, but the reasonable conversations I've had have been with African-Americans because the conversations with white progressives on college campuses, you know, my fellow, my fellow peers, my fellow suburban peers who just want to appear woke to everyone, uh, those conversations are ridiculous. And they break down in being called uh, racial slurs uh, that start with a C and end with an R. And I think you could understand that, which, you know, it is what it is. I think that maybe that's not the best thing to call someone, but, you know, it's just crazy. I mean, it, totally ridiculous. Totally ridiculous. Joe, on the other and, hand, though, uh, it's amazing to see the, the normal peaceful protesters blocking out the white Antifa. I mean, that's happening too. It's kind of crazy to watch. Yeah, it is. I saw a couple of things. I saw a beautiful video of there was a group in the city of African-American protesters during the day because the daytime is usually more peaceful. And they saw one of the Antifa members uh, all covered up with the glasses and everything in the in the kind of outfits that they wear. And they grabbed them and they dragged that person and threw them to the police and did a citizen's arrest. And I, I was very happy to see that. And then there was in, in the inner cities, there was uh, going to be people that an officer got, uh, you know, separated from his unit and a bunch of people in the mob, because that's what it is. It's a mob surrounded him. This is at night now. And there were peaceful protesters that that surrounded him and, and, and blocked him off from the rioters to prevent what would have happened. And what would have happened wouldn't have been good. Joe, 
Um, yeah, no, it wouldn't have. You know, I just got an email about Steve King, the, the guy in Iowa who lost his GOP primary. Um, but I'll ask about that in a second. But what is the Cornell Review doing to get you through this? It seems like we're we're talking after one one after the next. You know, we had COVID, now we have this. How is Cornell keeping up with everything, and how is the review uh, handling this situation? So we're going to be doing a panel with uh, members of the African-American community very soon, uh, some conservatives, some not conservatives, and we're going to be talking about this. We're going to be talking about um, – uh, policing. We're going to be talking about solutions to the problem. And to me, the solutions to the problem are uh, economic opportunity in black communities and fixing the broken education system. Because if you don't fix the fact that there's not good economies in these areas, then you're never going to fix any of the other problems. You could do police reform all you want, but at the end of the day, if there's no jobs, there's going to be increased increased crime rates in low income areas and that's what we see now playing out uh yeah. and and that's what and same with the education system too because the education system all over the city is a problem but particularly in the inner cities and i know there's both from the statistics of it and also from my own experience on the on the chancellor's committee when i was in student government in high school uh the the csac they called it the chancellor's student advisory committee there was people from all different boroughs and all different high schools and I was from, obviously, Staten Island, but there were people from poor areas of the Bronx that were saying, you know, you're leaving us here with nothing. The schools uh, are terrible, you know, so you need to fix the education system. We we definitely do need to do that, and I'm glad you're you're tackling all this and having an actual conversation, which I'm finding this time around a lot of people are willing to have, even those on, you know, those on the Black Lives Matter movement, those – not part of it. We're all kind of trying to talk this through together, which is such an important part of our moment in our history right now. Yeah, for sure. A hundred percent. And I just want to say too, I, I can't hit on this point enough. I think that there's, there's certain things that uh, there was a professor Fryer, by the way, at Harvard university, the, the youngest African-American to receive uh, tenure at Harvard. And he did a study on police brutality, and he found that there was no racial disparities. There was no evidence of discrimination when it came to police-involved shootings. Um, and that once you controlled for other factors, it, that played out in the data. So I could, I'll could, i email you the study if you want. But the, the reason I raised that, though, there's too many people that aren't even questioning the narrative. They're not even questioning the narrative. They're not even questioning uh, the allegations that something like white supremacy is embedded in the legal system. That's a term I've heard thrown around. And that's accepted. People just repost that and accept that without looking into it, without questioning it, without anything. Uh, allegations that there's systemic racism in the system still to this day. There's not one law on the books that is systemically racist. Joe, you know, and no, I agree. No, I agree. And you're hitting on a point because remember – what Minneapolis it is, or what reporters it is, they actually investigated the Minneapolis Police Department. Did a thorough investigation? They didn't broad brush anything there, and I feel like here, we tend to broad brush the NYPD, and that that hurts us in the long run. Well, the NYPD have no get no respect, and that's why people lost a lot of sympathy for a lot of these idiots on Twitter because. When the guy got hit in the Bronx and his body went flying across the street, the police officer, the response on Twitter by a lot of these, these schmucks was that, quote, I never knew I'd see pigs fly with heart emojis. That's what we're dealing with here. So you know what? You have to know what you're up against. It's disgusting, and it needs to be met with strength. There has to be, at a certain time, understanding and reform 
But first, we need to get our city back. There needs to be strength because this can't be allowed to happen. It's ridiculous. And it's been enabled and it's being egged on and we can't let it happen. And again, the fact that the violent criminals, I saw on Twitter, uh, there was a, a, I don't know what this guy was trained in. There was a guy that squared up with the police officer and I'm somebody, I'm not going to start bragging about this and that, but I had a Taekwondo fight. I pretty much know how to handle myself with those kinds of situations. But this guy, I don't know if he was a judo expert. I don't know what his deal was. He goes to fight a cop. He, he weaves, he weaves like Mike Tyson. He grabs the cop and he judo throws him to the floor. Uh, th- this is this is what you're dealing with. There's some of the toughest, most hardened criminals that were released from the prisons by your idiot mayor. Just like there was the rapist that got released that went out and raped a woman three days later. That's what you're dealing with here, an idiot. And his daughter is involved with a crazy mugshot. His daughter is involved in the protests. Yeah. So you know what? That's what you're dealing with. Do you think Giuliani would have let this happen? Do you think Bloomberg even would have let this happen? I don't think so. Uh, my goodness, so many points. Joe, uh, when you – and I'm sure – I don't know. Has Giuliani spoken out about this? I haven't heard either mayor speak out about this yet. Oh, oh Giuliani's been all over the news speaking out about this. I mean, he is on radio, so I guess he has been. So. Yeah, Giuliani's been all over the news speaking out about this, and rightfully so. If I had a, predecessor, a, a successor to a job position that did this poorly of a job, I'd be speaking out too. This guy is a disaster. Well, and remember, you were talking about the running of the cops over. He, uh, cops with the police vehicles running the protesters over, whatever. He bungled that response. I mean, he just cannot even handle one kind of incident and respond properly, it seems like, de Blasio. Yeah, I mean, I'm not surprised. You know, I don't even know what to say to it. You're <laughs> totally right. He, he yeah. hasn't given us any evidence that he's a competent leader or an otherwise intelligent or literate person prior to this. So nothing's going to change now. Do you think Cuomo would really displace him if he really had to, or does he not have the guts to do it? I think Cuomo is a mouthpiece. He likes to play it up on Twitter, but in reality, he turned down the National Guard, just like with the COVID. Everyone got behind him for weeks, and then all of a sudden, he got exposed for being an embarrassment with the nursing homes. Uh, So I really don't have much of an opinion of Cuomo either, but I will say it's the situation of dumb and dumber. So Cuomo would be the dumb, and then de Blasio is far dumber. Well, let me ask you about this, because we have now been told to look this way while things are happening that way. I mean, it's like COVID one week, then this the next. Why is there so much like smoke and mirrors being thrown at us right now? I think it's a tough time. I think, first of all, I didn't like the fact that I saw nurses outside cheering the protesters on. And if you're cheering on the protesters, why are you standing in the middle of the road blocking people who want to reopen their business? So, I, you know, I love the nurses, but I didn't like that too much. So I think after this, we need to reopen the country and let everyone take their chances and act accordingly. And for the people who want to go back to work, fine. And the people who don't, fine. And everyone's going to have to make their choices. But why is this allowed and opening the businesses aren't? And de Blasio said, oh, well, this has to do with 400 years of oppression. So this is okay, but the opening of the businesses, it's just not as important. He doesn't get to make that decision. What, what is it? You're saying he gets to dictate our lives based on what he agrees with and doesn't agree with? Now it's totally, totally ridiculous. So you know and, what? And yeah, I don't mean – What's lost but, in the comments? Oh, sorry. Go, go yeah, I'm it. sorry. To your, to your question about, though, just how do we handle this? Listen, there's no doubt even still this is a tough year. This is a tough year for people, but you know what? We're tough people. We're the greatest country in the world. 
And I think we need to start having more pride in that and remember who the hell we are as the country because people forget. People forget who we are and the things this city has accomplished, rising from the ashes after 9-11, building back up Staten Island after Hurricane Sandy. That's who we are. So we'll come through this, no doubt. And I think true New Yorkers, true New York African-Americans were the ones standing in front of the target protecting it. We saw that too. We saw we saw protesters protecting the businesses from the, the rioters, and I love those visuals as well. And so I've got to say, how come How come the conversation isn't didn't happen over? enough, by the way. I, I'll be honest with you. It didn't happen enough. It happened, and when it happened, it was beautiful, and it's been happening more. But in the beginning, it didn't happen enough. And there's been videos that have emerged that are just totally ridiculous. Videos of, of um, people who are Caucasian on their knees pre- uh, praying for forgiveness to a group of African-Americans for slavery. I'll send you the link on Twitter. Dave Rubin, who is no right winger. Dave Rubin is a, is a liberal, if anything. He happens to be somebody who is also in the LGBT community. So he's not this crazy right winger. But Dave Rubin tweeted out a video. There's idiot white people on their knees praying for forgiveness to slavery. And they repeat repeat after me like it's a church ceremony. I ask for forgiveness. And then the crowd goes, I ask for forgiveness. So, you know what? I thought I was I was living in an alternate universe when I saw that. Most black people don't want that. Most black people would look at them and say, what is this lunatic doing on the floor? And they and they call the police on them. That that's that's what most black people would do. They're normal people. That's right. But you know, unfortunately, uh, that's not the world we're living in anymore. Apparently, this is it. We're in a dystopia. This is your country now, burning. Joe, I'm, I'm so glad I had you because I figured you'd have have this kind of thought process today, and I'm I'm glad you were waking up early to to do this with me. Um, the other thing that's been lost is that there are a lot of minority business owners and their businesses are being destroyed too. And it's just like, is that the point to avenge someone's horrible death to then, you know, pretty much put a life out uh, of, of one of your, of one of the minorities? Is that what the real goal is here? That's horrible. Well, I have to tell you, I saw some of the videos that really, really pulled at my heart. I saw some of the videos of the black business owners that had their stores destroyed in tears, crying, because of what had happened in Minneapolis and other places. And you know what? It's really just something when you see it, when you see someone who spent you know, 30 years building a business, people say, oh, well, it's just property. Uh, property is important in this country. Property is important in this country. And if you care about black lives, then you wouldn't be destroying black lives. But there's a lot of anarchists that are taking advantage of this. And there's a lot of just rage and people who just want to, you know. And the problem too is, uh, the African-American community has been lied to. The African-American community has been lied to by the liberal media. I hate to put it in those terms, so I'm just going to say the media has been lied to by the media, has been lied to by the politicians, and has been oppressed by the politicians in their own inner cities. And I'll let you look into what party those politicians belong to. But the fact <laughs> of the matter is uh, that there is oppression, but it's not from the police and it's not from anything in the books, but it's a societal oppression it's an expectation that's pushed on them, and it's this victimhood narrative that's pushed on them. So my belief, and I think Republicans, the problem is the Republican elites don't follow through. They talk the talk, but they don't walk the walk. But you need an entrepreneur uh, to go into those communities in the inner cities and to open businesses and to, to invest in 
uh, improving the education system and investing after school programs and, and, you know, financial programs to teach about finances and things like that. You need to get down the, you know, the, the birth rate out of wedlock. Why are these things uncomfortable to talk about? Why are these things, things you can't bring up? And again, like, it's so ridiculous because it's so divisive. And it's like, even if you make, if you cite one statistic, it's like automatically people shout racist. But the fact of the matter is, statistically, it's not white people killing black people. Okay. Unfortunately, the fact of the matter is that it's double in the other direction. Black people kill a lot more white people than the other way around. And I wouldn't use that to judge all black people because that would be ridiculous. That would be totally ridiculous. But when you see these blanket sti- uh, statements being made on the news, that it's like there's this, this, this targeting of black people in society. It's not true. And thank God it's not true because if it were true, that'd be terrible. But, you know, something like there's a lot of false narratives being pushed here. No, there are. And, and you know. Just a week, just three days before this murder happened, Biden went on Charlemagne and said, "You're not that black if you don't vote for Trump." So it's just crazy out there. Well, he didn't even later. say you're not that black. He said, "You ain't, you ain't black. black." Sorry, yeah, yeah. So you, ain't so black. you have this eighty-year-old, uh, you know, person that was friends with a segregationist, okay, that's saying they're going to put y'all back in chains. I mean, Biden has a history of this. Biden's no angel. Another one, uh, uh, the guy gets on his knees. He's sitting in a church. With the mask on, he looks like a fool. Another person, he's going to run the country. Hey, Joe, really quickly, the last thought. This whole thing is part of, this whole thing feels like we were just put inside to let the anarchists rule the world. Is that about right? Is that why this happened in March? Well, I think the epidemiologists got it wrong. There were a lot of people specifically in talk radio, and I will shout out uh, Dr. Michael Savage, who had pointed out that Fauci may not be the best person to be making these decisions. I will say that when you force the entire country to stay home from work, this is what happens. People have nothing better to do but to just start rioting and tearing down the system. This is exactly what happens in societies, this, the breakdown of the social fabric. And to that point, the last thing I want to say The most beautiful moment, one of the most beautiful moments in this country's history during my lifetime has been seeing President Trump walk to the church after that historic St. John's Church after it was burning the night before. He went out, the Secret Service cleared it, and that's it. And it was almost like the symbolic reclaiming of the country because these anarchists, these Antifa, they believe this country is fundamentally racist and flawed. And they want to destroy this country and destroy the institutions. They want to burn down America and recreate it in their own image. This is a manifestation of the Marxists on campuses. Make no mistake about it. That's what this is. This is class warfare divided, uh, you know, disguised in racial warfare. That's what this really is. Beverly Hills, they were chanting, eat the rich, among other things. But the fact that CNN and other media organizations couldn't even celebrate that moment. And the fact that the New York Times has a headline out yesterday saying that uh, Trump clears it for photo op is disgusting. But to be clear, I do not condone the way the military was put in there to get rid of the protesters. I don't think they were being violent. It just looked bad. It looked bad. And I will. Well, you know what? I, I, I'll disagree with you. I'll say that I condone it because when the president has to go somewhere, the Secret Service has to clear it. And that's what happened. And you know what? You have to push back the people, too, because A, it was at the curfew at 7 p.m. But B, you know, when the curfew comes, you have to start dispersing. 
there's a curfew for a reason because of everything that's been happening. But once nightfall happens, uh, the crazy ones embed themselves in there, and then you don't know who's who. And the later it gets, the more violent it gets. So I have nothing against it whatsoever. The way, look at night in the 1990s, the way they had to stop the riots. It's not a fun mm. job being in that position of law enforcement. It's not a pretty job. And yeah, you'll find videos of, of, of protesters getting roughed up a little bit. But you know what? If, if, if it's a protester getting roughed up or if it's a, a building burning, I think I'd rather have the protester getting roughed up. Well, I would rather just peaceful protesting in general instead of the rioting that we saw. So that's that's that. Um, but I will tell you one thing. It seems like the day after Trump makes this speech and I was a little, you know, he was going to deploy the military. But I think it seems that governors were listening to him because look at how peaceful it was last night for the most part. I mean, for the most part, it looked kind of better than other nights. Yeah, well, I don't know why Trump waited until Monday, to be honest with you. Me I don't either. I don't. I think it should have been done earlier, but at the same time, I can't complain because he's the best we have. I mean, there's videos emerging of, of mayors, uh, the leaked audio to CNN of the mayor in Indianapolis somewhere, and he's saying all t- or Illinois, rather, and he's saying all types of ridiculous things about, I don't appreciate your rhetoric, and blah, 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 and here they are having a back and forth on the phone. But it, it's totally ridiculous. Listen, I like Trump. I didn't love how he handled it in the beginning, but unfortunately... Uh, even still, it's the best we have, you know, so it is what it is. Well, Joe, we can only pray for peace and pray for, for all of us to just be unified and do what we're doing, which is having a dialogue about this. Don't shut anybody out, really, um, during this time, unless you really feel the need to, I guess is my point. Yeah, well, unfortunately, less and less people are, are, are capable of having a conversation nowadays. But the good news is there's still patriots like you and there's a lot of others out there. So we'll keep it fighting. And on the issue of Steve King, you want to get to Steve King? Quick? Yeah, I know quickly, you yeah wh- why not? I want, I'm curious to hear your thought. You know something? I don't know much about Steve King. I've seen that he has made some controversial remarks in the past, but I haven't seen the specific remarks. I'm happy to see him get defeated in the primary. I think it's a good look for the party, especially in a time like this. No, it's good. And it, it was the party, which is a big moment there. Like the GOP itself worked it, worked it out. We didn't have to tell any, have anybody tell the party, hey, you need to do this. They just did it naturally, if that makes sense. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, Joe, Cornell Review, where can we find you on Twitter or Facebook? What, where are you guys? At Silverstein USA for, for me, and then the Cornell Review for Twitter, uh, Joe Silverstein for Instagram, and the Cornell Review for Instagram, and uh, the same for Facebook. And uh, Joe, this has been really helpful, and I'm sure my listeners will, will revisit this too. So thanks so much, Joe. Alex, God bless. Always a pleasure. Thank you. God bless you. I'm Alex Garrett. We will talk to you again tomorrow. Uh, Radio Hope, 9 a.m. Eastern. Check them out now.